0: join Ian garlic as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations movements and businesses learn to grow your business and shape the world around you welcome to the garlic marketing show with Ian
1: garlic and yes it's Ian, not ian that's marketing too
0: all right here we are back with the garlic marketing show we're talking sales and follow up the word fortune the follow-up is not a cliche it is the truth and i've got an expert in it jim padilla thank you so much for being on the garlic marketing show
1: hey absolutely thanks so much for having me on ian before we get into it
0: i always like to start with stories and i I didn't tell you i was going to ask you for a story before the show but you're a sales guy so i'm assuming you have a story of someone that you helped improve their follow-up and transform their business. Tell me one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's actually uh, how this particular business model got started. Um, we, we worked with a, uh, a, a rock star in the coaching industry, uh, named Bill Barron. Uh, and he brought us on to, you know, he was getting ready to do his first seven figure launch. And of course, I didn't even know what a launch was. We hadn't done any before. Of course, as a good entrepreneur, we said yes. And, uh, you know, immediately had to learn what all the, the nuances of the launch, uh, so that we can run this thing, hired a bunch of team, some and had no systems or anything in place, but a Google doc. And, uh, we spent the next uh, month, you know, following up all, all the, the opportunities and, you know, turned produced a $1.6 million launch. Um, you know, stepping into, you know, essentially you generate the act traffic. We pursued all the leads to completion, you know, sale and, um, that is uh, you know that was the first that was how this business was born because the next two weeks later there was a line at the door of people wanting our services to be able to follow up and pursue all of their activity and of course you know now we're eight years later quarter billion dollars worth of sales later uh a whole you know millions of dollars worth of of, of support systems and structure later and uh now now we're you know from the most loved well respected sales support in the industry and very blessed Worked with a lot of amazing people. Um, you know, it's interesting though. This is the, the whole follow-up piece is something that's been a core to my business success because I don't understand how most people don't do it because we make more money in follow-up than we don't. And you know, yeah. when I was in the sales game as a sales guy for Hire years ago, in every business that I've been in first day in the business. I always would go to all the people who were producers and I would say, Hey, who is still on the fence for you that you need help following up with? And I would me, I would follow up all of their leads for them, close sales and split sales. That way I can start getting paid right away. That's all that's super smart. You know, uh, I think it's just, it's, it's something that people leave on the table all the time. And I don't understand why I, you know, I want to talk to, you know, how you create, because you have some awesome systems
0: on create And that's what I want to talk about, you know, because I think it is around systems, right? And it, it's it being systematic with it. It's not automation, though, is it? It's systematic without being automated. No. Right.
1: Yeah, that is a big, uh, the big difference. Uh, for some reason, when we say system, people automatically think automation. Yeah. You have a system for brushing your teeth, right? And there's no automation involved. You get up. Grab it. You open it. Maybe your right hand, maybe your left hand. You squeeze it. Some of you dump it. Some of you dab. I don't know. You got a system, though. (laughs) Right. So there's a system for everything. And then you determine what needs to be automated. Everything doesn't need to be automated. And uh, in in today's market and economy, I I will actually I'm going to suggest to all of you the theme for this conversation is going to be become recession proof and you need to, to become recession proof. You have to be visible, you have to be present, you have to be, they, people need reassurance because they're doubtful, they're concerned, they're fear, they don't know what's going on, they don't know where to go, they're worried about inflation, they're worried about their future. You have to be that bright, shining beacon of hope and that requires human to human connection. Mm-hmm. And you know what?
0: I, I think there's a better, I, 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 better than recession proof, I think it's re- recession opportunistic because i get i started this yes. company in the recession and the last the last big one everyone's like you're crazy and i'm like that was the best time ever and every time th- th- those are always the biggest opportunities aren't there is when everyone's so scared is always when you're you're gonna make the most money you're gonna stand out in the crowd and everyone's I, you know the last time i was like everyone's like in this economy i'm like what do you mean in this economy people are still spending money It's just, and there's new businesses being started and new opportunities. Um, But like you said, it's follow-up and I bet you, so before we even get into that, into the importance of of how you do the follow-up, what would you say is the absolute key mindset in follow-up that you have to have?
1: My philosophy is follow-up until they buy or die, first of all. And because you cannot assume facts, not in evidence. Most of the time you, you listener, I'm talking to you, you assume that because they haven't responded to your message that they're not interested. That is you assuming facts, not in evidence. All you know for sure is they haven't responded. Yeah, I'm a busy guy. Sometimes you have to call me 11 times just before I even, before I even realize you're serious or you need something. Right. Um, and you cannot ever assume that um, I don't assume until you tell me get out of my face and stay out of my life. Cause I don't need this, which doesn't ever happen. Um, then I'm not stopping. Right. And <laughs> you know, I have, I have a guy who has been calling me for four years selling a product and i am not going to name him cause we all know the agency he works for, he works for a big company Um, and they're trying to get me into this mastermind that I'm very interested in just not yet. And I, but I told him, I said, please keep calling me because if it's up to me, I'm not, I won't call you back. So he calls me about every 60 days and he calls me and lets me know what's going on. he has been doing that for four years. I think I know who it is. I will buy from him. (laughs) I just don't know when.
0: (laughs) I get those calls too, but you're, you're right. But I'll, I'll, I have to correct you. You know, when I first started selling, marketing services in, in two, 2003, 2004 in Long Island, New York, I had many people tell me never, ever, ever to come back. I did come back, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but that's a whole yeah. different story to your point. You've got yeah. to keep following up. So I love that. So, you know, cause I think so many people are like, I need a new lead. I need a new lead. I need a new lead. And it's, and not,
1: not taking in control of the leads that they have. So, yeah. You know what else I, what I learned with that too, and sorry, I cut you off. I don't know where you're going, but um, one of the things that I see as a big problem for people is if you're not pursuing follow-up, if you're not pursuing people who've already had an opportunity to engage you, one of the biggest things that tells me is you're not looking at your numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, your financials. Right, Because the most expensive thing you do in your business is acquire a lead, acquire a client. And once you've you've gone through the effort and the painstaking trouble to get somebody to say yes to something for you, meaning, yes, I'm willing to get into your world. Yes, I'm willing to jump on your webinar. Yes, I'm willing to talk to you. I'm just not willing to buy right now. You've already done 90% of the work. Why on earth do you want to go find, start all over again with somebody who's never met you, never heard of you, doesn't know you exist, and then try to move them all the way along again? Now, still keep doing that, but prize every single person who you've had an opportunity. Maybe today just wasn't the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you they didn't. You weren't clear. Maybe they just needed more time in the crock pot, right? And you're busy trying to microwave them. Yes. And because they didn't want the microwave. You'd think they're not ready to buy. You think they're not a buyer. It's like, oh, goodness. No, they just, you just weren't as compelling as you probably mm-hmm. needed to be. Your offer probably wasn't as clear as it needed to be. Maybe your offer sucks. I don't know. Right. But you just, there's work to be done. And now they're here. You got to start prizing those people, especially now. Oh, it's, they need more touches, more time. Whatever.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that if people it, it, like, I have people like four or five years, are like, oh, yeah, I'm ready now. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. awesome. yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that proposal from five years ago has gone up a lot in price, but we can talk about it. <laughs> um, yes. And, you know, it, 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 it's so true because I, I was just talking in a group, you know, and someone's like, so they ghosted me. And I'm like, you also just don't know what's going on in their life, right? It, Correct. Yeah, it, it, It's not just about you. Like People get sick. The family issues come up. They want to do that. You have no idea. They stub their toe. They got hit in the head. You have no idea what's going yeah. on in our life.
1: All of the, the, the standard issues of life. But also, we give ourselves way too much credit for being as good as, at this as we are. <laughs> most of us are not. Right? I mean, this is what I do for a living. And I do this probably better than most people in the world. And I'm not anywhere near perfect at it. No. Right? But you have to understand that until they get into your world and get a chance to really see what you can do for them, this isn't as compelling for them as it is for you. Mm -hmm. So they might go, you know, I got to go cook this dinner thing. I'll reschedule this appointment. And you think, what are they doing? But they don't know how serious this is or important. This is until you've had a chance to really share it with them. Yeah. So don't assume that they're not interested.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. And you know, I, want to, I know we're going to get into your system, but the other thing I want to talk about too with you is because one of the things people have always told me is, well, I get almost my best clients come from referrals and I and I close 80% of my business. And I'm like, that is, I, I do, you, do you agree with me? That's a very dangerous thing to rely on referrals because it gives you like that false positive that you're a great salesperson.
1: Yeah. The only exception to that statement is if you have a system that generates them predictably. Yeah. If you have that, then you know you count on it. If it's something you just get, that's risky. Yeah, that's risky, yeah. and also it it makes you
0: think that you're a great salesperson because referrals close faster, right? And and they the person's already pre sold coming in, um, and so how do you d- develop a great follow up system?
1: Yeah, well, first it's understanding, um, you know, what something that I call the, the 90-10 fallacy, right? Um, all of our client, we, we work with a lot of, you know, very well-known, you know, high-level uh, experts and, and everybody from the biggest guys all the way down to the guys just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to figure it out. But everybody's in this game of a mad dash for cash right we're trying to go from click to cash as fast as possible cold everybody's in a, like trying to set land speed records for how fast can somebody see a facebook ad to how fast they'll buy my high ticket item and that's a cool game to play and i prom- i mean please play it because there are people who will buy that however You're talking about three to 7% of those people who are going to buy that. That means you got 93 to 97% of those people who are not, who need more time in your world, more exposure to you, more understanding of the problem, more clarity that you can solve it. All of the things that happen when they stay in your world over time, show up on a webinar or two, consume some video content of yours, get in your Facebook group, do all of the things that you would do to build a relationship right? So you first need to understand that, that you are, uh, that 90% of the people who come into your world in first, at, at first are not going to buy from you until they see more. So you have to have something that delivers more. And it doesn't always come in the form of automation and what we call nurture. Nurture is is great and please don't stop doing it. But most people don't respond really well to the nurture. But once you've spoken to somebody or had given somebody an opportunity to buy, and now they're having a personal relationship with you or a salesperson who is now working what we call a pipeline, right? Now they're having a connected relationship. It's like an umbilical cord tied to your business and they're in it. And as long as you continue to serve them, and this is the two key points, write this down, you must be relevant and of value. If you're not relevant and delivering value, you're not working a pipeline. You're just bothering people.
0: hmm
1: Oh, it's, okay. It's so, so we don't want you to bother people. You don't wanna go, hey, you ready yet? Hey, I know we talked a few weeks ago. You ready oh. yet? Are you still thinking about it? <laughs> that's annoying <laughs> and you're bothering them and they won't buy from you. I get so angry when
0: people do that. So angry when people do that. And I, 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 value-based follow-up, that's what I tell people. Be of value. I learned that early on in commercial real estate and it's just like you just have to be super valuable to the person and yeah yeah and they will start paying attention to you and
1: they get it if they have a reason to answer your phone call or return your email they will yeah but if you yeah. don't give them a reason to they won't why should they they're freaking busy and and remember they're not just competing with your email they're competing with everybody else's email. They're also competing with Netflix and YouTube and their mm-hmm. crying kids and soccer practice and dinner burning on the st- they're, they're You're competing with everything. Yep. So you have to find a way to stand out in that noise and be of service and value and create. Your job is not to get them to open stuff. Your job is to get them to a place where they trust what you send them so that they'll want to open stuff.
0: Yes. Yep. When
1: they know that, hey, every time I hear from Ian, I get something good. I have a positive moment. They're going to be like, hey, Ian sent me an email again. Well, let me m- bookmark this. I'm going to open this later when I have time to actually read it because I want to check this out. Yes, yes. Right? I, you ever have people like that? Yeah. I got people like that. Yeah. Right? I got emails that come in and go, can't wait to hear that. Yep.
0: I mean, Seth Godin. Right? I've been on his Josh email. Josh Turner, y- client. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yes, absolutely. Seth, so exactly. Yeah. Right? But here, let me give you a quick, uh, you know, a stat. We have another, uh, we had a client that we worked with. We did, um, We've, done, we've, we've worked with about a year and a half now, generated a few million dollars worth of sales for him. Um, he went into event mode. We've, we do a quarterly, uh, three events a year with him. He went into event mode, stopped generating leads for sales appointments for our team. And so we had three months of no new leads, yet for those three months, we still returned a 200K uh, revenue, 200K in sales because our team was working the pipeline. They were working pipelines from... Leads that came in from from an event and from opportunities three, four, and five months ago, and so we were still working those leads and generated you know 600k over three months from follow up.
0: Right? That's amazing. real
1: stuff without generating new leads.
0: Yeah, and that's it. That's it, right? And it, and it, it it's there, it's there. If you have a decent product, it's there. Now you you go ahead and make an incredible offer and you start to build better offers and you, yes. you, you send out new offers, it's there. So, you know, you're talking value-based follow-up, and, and when I saw, you know, I, I, Jim gave a great presentation. I'll do a shout-out to Dove and, and JVMM. Um, it's a great group, yes. and Jim came in and gave an amazing presentation on being value-based follow-up. So how, what are the different ways that you can bring value-based follow-up?
1: Yeah, well, first uh, is uh, recognizing and understanding that um, what a pipeline is and what a pipeline is not, right? A pipeline is relevant, timely, and measured, right? It's meaning like you, you have actually have an intention of what you're going to get to somebody and when. You want to make sure it's valuable, meaning valuable to them. If you, and here's the most important part. It doesn't always have to be your content, right? So I happily send client content from my other, from my clients, from my partners, from other people. If I know it's of value to you, it should also be personal and unique, meaning everybody on your list doesn't get it right. If I'm in engagement with you, Ian, and we've had a conversation about you, you weren't, you've just not had success getting people to your show up rate for appointments. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a problem that needs to be solved. And then I'll, I'll like, Oh, Hey, I did a training on that. Or I found a, I come across a podcast that speaks to that. I'm gonna send it to you personally. Hey, I know you were having some struggles with this. This podcast was awesome. It speaks exactly to that. Let me know what you think. That tells them, I listened, I heard, I care about you. You mean something to me and I'm taking care of you, right? That clearly is not a blast broadcast email. That's somebody, I'm here with you. And that podcast may not have even been mine, right? I'm sending you something that I came across of value to you. I Mm -hmm. read an article some, you know, maybe uh, Elon Musk said something about follow-up. And I'm like, whoa, check it out. It's even important to Elon Musk. Check this out. Third-party validation, right? There's so many ways you can be valuable to people. It doesn't have to be pushing more of your stuff in front of them. We actually had to go to our our marketing team, just weeks, our marketing team. You know, they're they're driven by numbers. They got to produce. We have all kinds of metrics we check every day. And I went to them yesterday and we told them, stop making offers. Mm-hmm. They're like, wait, what? We got an event in three months. All that. I'm like, right now for the for the rest of this month, just build a relationship with people. Just serve, 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 serve. We'll make some more asks later. But right now, I want them to feel that we are here for them, and feel that we got them right. And that's hard for marketers. So, you know, I got direct response copywriters. And they're like, we need to get people to come. I'm like, yes, we want them to respond, but it doesn't always have to be to want to buy something.
0: Yep, that and that that's a good right? point. But, and they will value. Yep. That's a big, uh, that's a big, big point that you have there. D- d- even though it's direct response, that response doesn't have to be to buy something. It can be just click through and respond because you're building that relationship when they respond, right?
1: Very much, you know. Um, so you want to you want to have a system and a process for that. And just think about through, you know, if you you don't have to. Here's the problem that I see people have, both in sales and in marketing is we get so focused on trying to deliver the greatest strategy and tactic instead of just deliver the best value and relationship. If I care about you and I want you to know that I was thinking of you, then I can just reach out to you and say, hey man, I was just thinking of you and I have something I want to share with you. Can we jump on a call? Yeah. Are you going to respond to that? Yeah. More likely, I will this way, I never get anybody who doesn't, right? When I send that versus... Hey, check out my new podcast episode here. Check out my new opt-in. And even if it's of value and it's well-written and it's all, it's still just stuff. Nobody cares about stuff unless they care about it in that moment. Right. But if I'm telling you that I was thinking of you or say, Hey, check it out. Let me know. I'm I'm considering doing this um, specific training for five people. And you're the one of the ones I was thinking about based on our previous conversation. Respond and let me know. Soon as you respond, you've now white labeled my email. You've now increased my open rates and my conversion. You're deliver, improving my delivering ascendability rates, right? Or I can say, hey, please click on this to, you know, and white label me. Why would I do that when I can just get you to do the behaviors that make you white labeled? Mm-hmm. And it's giving value to your relationship. It is. And I love that.
0: And it, it's, you know, and it's one of these things. It's simple, but not necessarily easy, right? Everyone wants it to
1: be automatic. No. No but it's right. it's it's what's gonna stand right. out huh. Yeah, I mean uh, man our sales team we're, we're, we're that's one of our things man. our team was always looking for how do I save more time how do I do more they're like hey can we get can we just get this to be automated I'm like no this part has to be from you Yeah, you know we had a list from our client we had you know 1800 people register for their live event 900 of them showed up on day one and we had 900 people to text say hey we're getting the event started. Where are you? They're like, can we just put out a blast text? We're like, no, you're going to do these to 80. You're going to do these 80. You're going to do these 80, you know, and you can do them all in an hour. Just go, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I know it's like, but they're getting a personal outreach it, and you don't forget that From stuff. somebody who cares.
0: You don't forget it. <clears throat> no. Right. And so how do you systematize this? Because it's like, it, it, you know, it's it, for me, if I don't have a system in place, I, I, I love all these things and I'm willing to put in the work. But if I don't put a system in place, like you said, I get distracted. right? And it's like, oh, I'm over here and I'm over yeah. here.
1: How do you systematize this? So uh, one thing, is, you know, these are not like written in stone, gospel numbers. You just need to have a, you need to have a a system that you can follow and be predictable. When I meet with somebody first, I want to give them seven touch points over 21 days post our conversation. Right. So that's just, that's a standard. It's numbers. It works. You can be, I don't know, you can do three in three weeks. You can do 20 in 30 days, whatever. Then just the main thing is have something that you can stick to. And the only way you're going to stick to it, if you've already got a predetermined process and it, you know, to wait, to ensure it, because if you want the behavior, you have to have a system that ensures the behavior. So I look for immediately seven, 20, seven touch points over the next 21 days. And then after that, we give, then there's a, a break, right? Over the next 30 days, then they just go into nurture. And then 30 days later, we we'll go start up again, you know, seven touch points in 21 days that are personal, okay? So this comes from the salesperson. And then you want to think through what are all the different layers, right? What does it come to on what the first touch point, right? It's confirmation and validation. Hey, I was talking about you. I remember I told you when we talked that I was going to send you this article. Here it is. Or I was going to introduce you to so-and-so. Well, here's, um, here's the introduction. Here's, here's the thing. Or here's this podcast that I was that I was listening to that I wanted you to hear, right? So you're sending something. What, what we have to do, we build what we call a swipe file. And that swipe file is usually 21. We, and again, can be any number. You can add to it as much as you want. I recommend always add to it because some things you'll swap out. But you want 21 touch points worth of, of follow-up because that gives you at least 90 days, right? Seven touch points over 21 days. That gives you 90 days worth of follow-up. And you can repeat this stuff because people don't read everything. You can't make the assumption that people read it all the time. And even if they do, they'll, they'll remind them, like, oh, that was a great article. I'm glad he shared it again. Yeah. Like, believe me, that's what people think far more than, why did he send me that again? They don't think that way. They just don't, no. right? They know what you mean when I, when I, if I share, hey, I think I shared this to you before, but I really wanted to make sure you read it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Are you going to be offended by that? Right? No. Of course you're not. Or, yeah. So you want to make sure that you're delivering support. You
0: know, the other thing I do is say, Hey, did you take any action? Did you do anything with this? And, you know, and right. because a lot, most of time people haven't, but it gives you an opportunity to help them and start a conversation too. Definitely.
1: Um, and the more personal you can make that, it's like, it's cool. You may have the best blog article you've ever written in your life and you can send it and you can say, Hey, here's my blog, my newest blog, or you can say, Hey, I know that you're struggling with your follow-up and you're looking for new ways to make it happen. And I have put dedicated time. I was, I was inspired and I put this article together with you in mind. And there are some really good tips. Make sure you check out paragraph two because that's my favorite nugget in this thing, right? You're giving specifics and reference. They're going to, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to open it up. They're going to go to the blog and they're going to just go right to paragraph two because they don't want to read the whole thing until they can to read paragraph two and go, wow, that was awesome. And then they'll probably read the whole thing, right? But, and then it's awesome because now you can follow up and say, hey, I just wanted to make sure that you were able to read it. And did you get a chance to read paragraph two? Or, right? So if you don't do it in the initial, you do it in the follow-up. I want to point you back to paragraph two or what we've been getting a tremendous amount of feedback. Everybody loves point number eight because they've been able to implement it right away. I'd love to hear if you're doing it too.
0: Love it, love it. And and so, you know, obviously, we, we're big into customer stories, com. We love to collect them, craft them, make yes. different versions of them, cold, warm, hot. But one of the things that I tell people all the time is you should be sending out your customer stories, not testimonials, but stories. I, are, do you do that, too? Because, I mean, I, all the best salespeople I know sell with story.
1: Right. Yeah, as much as we can. I mean... Because you want to get people into again, it's all about relationship. If you can get people connected, what do you do with your friends? You tell them stories. What do you hey? This is what happened. Hey, this guy I saw and this person, you should see what happened here. And um and you know, watch people go from crazy to committed and from uh you know, just different things that that help people see that there's there's possibility in this, you know, because so many people don't trust. Like with us, people come to us all the time and they're like, How can you can possibly how is it even possible? For somebody outside of my company, step into my company and even know my people and my brand is it doesn't even make sense. Right. And, you know, and then I share with them, it's like, look, I grew up in a hard, hard luck's environment. I was in abuse and foster care. You know, I I was in foster care as a teenager. I was on the streets and gangs and I was in jail by 19. I spent my whole life learning how to blend into other people's environments so that I could make myself not a threat to them and bend their will my direction so that I could be safe Now I've mastered how to systematize the art of stepping into your business and really blending in and fitting in, reading the room and knowing what matters and knowing how to serve, right? And then allow them to open up and trust. And now we are the extension of them. We are their sales division. We anchor their sales division because we know who they are. We live in their brand and we deliver more sales from a branded seamless experience than we do by dropping closers on the end of a funnel who just wanna sell their shit.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. I love it. And it, it it's so much it because it builds a relationship because I've worked at, I've worked in organizations that have brought in those people and seen the amazing organizations burn to the ground because it, it burns out your market. Doesn't it? Right.
1: Yeah. Well, when you, when you have people that are inside of your brand, which is what a good, your, your the way you should build a sales team. Um, don't look for, don't look for the closers. We don't recruit level 10, salespeople. We recruit level 10 humans who are level 7 salespeople, right? Who want to serve, want to be in your brand. Our salespeople, we we only match, you only meet people like when we work with a client, they only meet the salespeople in our, in our network and our team that love what you're doing because they're sold out to it. If, you know, we have somebody who thinks what you're doing is crazy or I don't know about that. Great. You'll never meet that person. You're only going to meet the salespeople who really are all in. And our team, lo- they, the, one of the things they drive for the most is delivering your mission and your product and your movement and that stuff. My, my team's crazy like that.
0: Oh, that's great. I, I love level 10 people, not level 10 salespeople. Yeah. And it, it's true. It's true because every, and I see this all the time where people are like, oh, this person's a great salesperson. Like, No, I want someone who can talk to people who cares about the person on their side. Because if you care about the other person and you, ca- and you think this is a great solution for them, it, it, it becomes easy. right? We'll talk about working with you because you can go to uh, jimp360.com and there's an amazing amount of resources there and we'll put it in the show notes. But if someone, you know, they're like, I'm getting started today. I've got to get better at follow-up. What's the first thing you would do?
1: First thing that I would do with them is get crystal clear, really dial in on the offer. We look at is your offer actually making sense? Are the people not buying because they're not ready to buy or they're not buying because your offer is not compelling? So we want to fine tune your offer so that it's speaking the right person. Then it's, you know, what first thing we'll do after that is we will you know, ABC your list, right? ABC your people, go back to all the fence sitters. We're actually, we just, we're doing it literally just an hour ago with our team. So go back to everybody we've spoken to in 2022. We've separated them by category, ABC them, and by based on probability of win rate. And you got to be honest with yourself. Don't be like, oh yeah, we had a great fuzzy conversation. That doesn't mean it's a high probability of win. The person who actually has the problem that you know you can solve and that they need to do something about it, you just couldn't get them over the hump, right? High probability of win rate. Separate your A, Bs, and Cs, and then you reach out to them. You reach your A's with a specific theme, right? You're, you're talking urgency, and here's a perfect message for you. Write this down. I was thinking about you, and I have an idea. Let's, cut. Let's have a conversation. I was thinking about you. I have an idea. Let's have a conversation. Now, you better have something for them, <laughs> right? Because if you're the expert of their problem, you should have some idea. And I'm assuming you have thought about that client because you're wondering why they didn't buy or what they're doing or how they've solved their problem, right? Send that out to 10 people or 100 people if you've got enough of them, right? And I guarantee you get some people back to the table to have a conversation. And you have a new level of urgency, clarity around the offer. Say, hey, look, I, I, this, is, this is our solution. Your solution is not your offer. Your solution is what you do to solve the problem your offer is how you package it
0: Mm -hmm. that's so so smart and i love that you talk about offers you've got 100 million dollar offers there it's a great book but it's it is about clarifying your offer and then making it better making it better listen to people making it better and and talk to them talk to them about what's working and what's not um it all folks this all seems so simple i know but it's genius stuff that right there, that message, I was thinking about you, I've got an idea for you, I've never seen anyone do that to me, right? Right. It, it, it's, oh, can I talk to you for a few minutes? Like, No. Give me a reason you want to talk to me. Give me a reason for the conversation, not a reason that you want to sell me. That's great stuff, Jim, and yeah. I really appreciate it. So tell me about working with you, what you all do.
1: Well, uh, simply, we 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 provide sales teams. We scale companies with sales teams. And... We do The first step, of course, is refining, making sure that you are scalable. And usually, most of the reason that you need a sales team, um, you know, you're trying to scale. You're trying to get beyond yourself. You don't want to be the person who has to make the sales or the person who needs to be running the sales team because you're trying to build your empire and serve your clients and create your movement. So we come in and make that happen. But first, usually what has to happen is make you replaceable. And part of the reason you're the one has to make all the sales or you need a top tier sales closer is because your offer sucks because you're you're not talking to the prospect with a bleeding neck problem and you don't have a prospect journey that predictably moves them towards the solution. So we dial all that in so that you can put somebody who's a good salesperson who can follow a system and they'll predictably and consistently overachieve. And then you, our objective is not to optimize you as the salesperson, is to remove you from the sales process so that you are now scalable, right? So the, way, the only way that happens is by getting something that can be sold without you.
0: Love it, love it.
1: Lo- right, so we put all that together and then we plug in sales teams. And then we, you know, either we're moving into sales campaigns or a launch or an event, and, and then we rock and roll.
0: That's great, and you guys work, yeah, like you said, you work not only in direct sales and follow-up, but you also work in events too, correct?
1: Amen. Yeah, we do about 100 events a year for our clients. Uh, If you have any kind of event, and an event defined by us is an educational experience that leads to an enrollment opportunity. Every event should be monetized. If you're not monetizing your events, no matter what, even your fulfillment events, there should be ways for people to upsell with you, to cross-sell with you, to engage, to buy something from your partners because it's ready. Every time you get in front of people, you should be thinking, how do I monetize this? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And monetization always comes on the backside of value. So if you're going to think of how to monetize it, it usually means you're going to deliver some gr- even greater value than you thought you were going to to start with.
0: Nice. So if someone wants to get started with you, they just go to jimp360.com and you've got everything there. They, they can message you. They can phone you. They can get all sorts of value, correct?
1: Yeah. I want to encourage you to go check this out. And I'm going to, give, I'm going to demo relationship to you. I could say, go to my opt-in page. Cool. We can do that. I want to know you, so I go to my jimpy360.com. my personal site. You can find all my social medias, my videos, or find out how to work with us. Find out how to work for us. My podcast, all that. But I want you to do is don't do all that right now. Just click on the contact button and push the first button on top, which says "Send me a text." I want you to text me, give me your name, your full email, and I will send you our anti-closer sales system checklist so that you can start putting a system in place. That doesn't require you to hire closers to sell your stuff. But most importantly, you send me a text and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast with with Ian Garlic, and I got I would love to find out more. And I want you to just say hi. I, I'm a human. I like human connection. And you will now, you'll be directly texting me and then we can send you the information. Right? That way we're building a relationship.
0: I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being on. This has been incredible. I love this conversation. I think it, and this is a gold mine for everyone. Video, you know, it'll make you an authority. You know, it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is where do you start? storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the garlic marketing show, including special to to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of The Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today.
1: That's it for The Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I and Garlic on Facebook.